0: With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023, Season 19, Episode number 2. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And we got a lot of things we're going to talk about today. We're going to start off in our first segment talking a little bit about this, uh, this title I'm going to call The Forgotten Ones. There are five players... Uh, actually, it's more like seven players um, that, that I think in the, the course of free agency and getting ready for the draft have a little bit been forgotten. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys some questions about like what is their role on this team? Are they really forgotten or are they guys that still could play prominent roles for this team? Uh, Then we have a little bit of draft talk we'll get into uh, in the second segment. Uh, And then I think we've got some questions from some fans rolling in. We got some from last week, too, that we didn't get to. So we'll get some fan questions here in the third segment as well. Nick's not in today, but I got Brian Amber. Uh, So let's dive right in. Let's start with this segment I call the Forgotten Ones. I'm going to throw out a name, and then I want you guys to tell me, where do you think this player stands on this team after what's happened in free agency after how they've performed over the last year or multiple years where do they currently stand on this team on this roster let's start with Jabril Cox Jabril Cox
2: I uh it's hard for me because of my love for LSU. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, it's by very, the way, congrats
0: on the national championship. Thank you very much. I Appreciate program. that. Yeah.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, we 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 lost a lot of souls on the way to get there. Evidently, you know, as we no, I got no
0: problem with what she did. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. But the,
2: the, these, uh, I lost about four hundred followers that uh, <laughs> on Twitter. But if I could lose another one hundred twenty-five thousand more, I'll be in great shape. But uh, the, uh, I, I think with Jabril Cox and my love for LSU, and I talk about him. And Clark and those guys, I want those kids to play well. I want them to be good players. I want them to come in and play like they did when they played for my school there in Baton Rouge. And with Jabril Cox, every time you talk to somebody about Jabril Cox, it was a take a step forward and then two steps back. And he never was able to get any kind of traction. And I felt like what happened in his first OTAs, his first mini camps, his first He was out, injury, didn't get to participate. Now he's behind. Now he's trying to play catch-up. And I, I just kind of felt like that, you know, the more you really dug in on him, the more that you found that, like, well, maybe he's just not getting it right now. But you need that light bulb moment. And I don't think Jabril Cox has had that light bulb moment. Now, George Edwards is no longer the linebackers coach here. George Edwards is down in Tampa. I hey, think George is a damn good coach. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what McCurley can do with him. Uh, McCurley has been on staff. He was the linebacker's coach in, during the uh, Mike Nolan administration and you know was demoted or sent down and then brought back up. So I'm seeing if maybe a different voice in his ear, maybe something different. But I think the kid has got to come in, and he's got to put all this stuff behind him, the injuries, the not sure of assignments, Uh, you know, making mistakes, you know, if you want to play in this league, you know, coaches have to rely on you to go out there and do your job and not make mistakes. And he, you know, you're going to have mistakes, but you can't have them every play. And I think that's kind of where he is right now. And, And that's why he's on this forgotten list, because he hasn't shown the consistency for the coaches to want to put him out on the field full time.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, he is perfect for for this segment that you came up with, Derek. But he is a guy that, it's one of those guys where you don't really have much to say. And that's not, sometimes it's a good thing when you got a (laughs) solid guy, but sometimes that's a bad thing. Because he, just like Brian said, hasn't necessarily shown you a whole lot, but at the same time, he's kind of there and you still have some hope that he can do something. It's not someone like right off the bat you're ready to get rid of. But he's definitely a guy that I think his spot is kind of, it's definitely not secure. So this is going to be a huge moment for him at training camp to finally step up and start showing what he's capable of. Obviously he's not going to move at the top of the depth chart, but he's a guy that could still even help out on special teams and, and, and find a way to be able to, um, Oh my God, sorry. My brain is switching to Spanish. What's the, uh, to, um, what's the word? In, just, uh, add something to yeah, the yeah. team and, yeah, he he. I I think this is a year, a very important time for him to kind of step up. Otherwise, I could see him as someone that can definitely get cut.
0: All right, let's uh let's move on to Matt Letzko. Uh a mm. guy that go back to training camp before he had the issue with the shoulder. I think it was. Uh, he was actually a guy that I thought was kind of flashing. There were moments where I watched him and was like, well, who's that? And it's like, wow, that was a pretty good rep, right? And and I was starting to get to a point where I was like, they, they might have something in this guy. And then obviously the injury and he's got, you know, he's got to have surgery and he's out. Subluxation of the shoulder that yeah.
2: is popping in and out on him is yeah. what it so, was, yeah.
0: So the question becomes now.
3: Does that ever get fixed?
0: They did fix it. Yeah. So they, w- they
2: went in and fixed but it. But is that
3: the type of stuff that you still have to, lingering, like, not, like lingers, lingers yeah. that you deal with? Yeah,
2: it's a lingering thing. But they, they, they go in there and they tighten it up
3: is right. what they do. And so, so
0: essentially, yeah, I know. Uh, Isaiah Stanback had a similar situation back when he was playing. I think he was telling me about uh, where he was having that issue. But, yeah, I, the question becomes now, where is he? Where does he sit on this depth chart? You got both Smiths. You got Steele. Like, you got three tackles, and, and you're trying to figure out where you're going to play all of them. Where does Matt Willett's go fit?
2: I kind of feel like, though, to me, if you said – if you would have started your second player as Josh Ball, well, I've already assumed that Josh
0: Ball is probably on the outside okay. looking okay. in. Okay, okay, okay. But I don't know
2: if you. Okay, if you put Josh Ball and Matt, well, let's go together. Uh-huh. Okay, that's now where you go. Then the thing with Josh Ball, he came in. There was a lot of controversy about him. Hey, they made the pick. They did the due diligence. They're fine with that. That's how they work. But if you watched him play. He wasn't as good as he was when he was at Florida State or was, in, was at Marshall. He hasn't been that good. And I'm talking about Josh Paul here. Yep. The thing about, and you're absolutely right what you saw with Matt Wiletsko in Oxnard. And you saw like, man, well, this guy's kind of flashing a little bit. Matt Wiletsko gets hurt, goes away, and comes back. They, they heal him up. Britt Brown and those guys do a great job of healing him up. They get him to play basically in the last preseason game. And he looks better than Josh Ball had looked all mm-hmm. training camp. So now you're going, whoa, whoa, maybe they got something here to to your point. I I wanna believe that Matt Willetsko is in their plans. I'm with you about Josh Ball. I think maybe that train has left the station. But the thing with Let's Go, the only thing that was really holding him back was that shoulder. Yeah. Because there were reps where in that final preseason game, I know we're calling the game with Brad Sham, well Let's go's in there and you know we're setting the offensive line and they're actually pass protecting and he's not giving up sacks and he's you know, it's like, whoa, okay. And he and you're and you're kind of thinking, well man, if he was just here all training camp, mm-hmm. you know, would he have been a guy that and I I feel like that he is a guy that that, that they, they are really the old saying, hang your hat on type of a guy, as possibly a swing at ninth or 10th guy. Matt Willetzko kind of fits into that mold. Yep.
3: Yeah, really interesting to see what he does uh, this year at training camp and how he progresses. When he came in, he was a guy that I wasn't completely bought in. Was because... it the last
2: name? You can pronounce the last no, name no, very no, well. No. I, I can
3: say his last name. <laughs> but it was more how tall he is, right? which can be good, nope. but you know sometimes no, when you're, you're, you're that not tall, wrong. You're wrong. it could be kind of right. awkward. Yeah. It yeah, could be kind of awkward wrong. as far as the movements, but he came in, and you started seeing some of those flashy moments where you're like, okay, this guy can really do something. Unfortunately, he had the injury, but because of those moments, and I think he can use his height and his size to his advantage, and he has shown the ability to... To be able to move properly and not necessarily look completely off and awkward, so I still think he has a chance uh, to to contribute on the team. We still have this whole debate on like what's going to happen with the starters at the tackle position. You're still trying to figure that out, but given the history of injuries and everything like that, I think he's a guy that wouldn't necessarily give you a whole lot throughout the season. But in in, in cases of emergency, if he doesn't have a setback with the injury again, and some or something else, he can still be a plug-in guy that can go in there and just be that type of band-aid to help you out when needed.
2: That's why she's won sports Emmys.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! Because
2: that's a that's a really good point. Because sometimes you have guys that are tall and they don't play with knee bend, and they don't, and they get overpowered, and they look bad because they're giving up. They're giving up pressure, so they're not able to get any movement in the running game. For a tall guy, he does play with knee bend. Yeah. You know, And that's something, you know, uh, the athletic ability and stuff. But that's an excellent point on her. Like Sometimes you see these really tall, awkward-looking tackles that are young and they're not strong enough, and they just kind of go by the wayside because they never are able to develop any knee bend or any power. Well, Let's Go is the guy that kind of is against that. He's, he's, he's proven that, well, maybe
0: some tall guys can bend and can play with a little power. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the cornerback position. There are three names I think we should talk about here. The most important in my opinion is Jordan Lewis because he is a veteran. Wow. He is a guy I think is a really good player. He's also a guy that's coming off an injury and and obviously costs more money than some of the younger guys. Then you also have to throw in guys like Nayshawn Wright mm-hmm. and Kelvin Joseph, who are draft picks of the Cowboys. You would have expected by now they would start making a move to to kind of if they're gonna make a move to get into that that mix of the starters, Cowboys decided they'd opt to go and trade for a starter. Where does that leave all three of these guys?
2: You got a thought there, A.G.?
3: Well, Jordan Lewis is an interesting one because I'm a fan. I completely love the guy. I completely love the way he's been able to stay on the team despite all the setbacks. We go back to uh, – what was his name? The coach? I'm blanking out. Chris um, Richard back in the day? We're
2: Joe Witt.
3: Chris Richard were, uh, oh. he wasn't, um, necessarily the, the prototype that he was looking for right. as far as the a length length the, yeah. type of player so but he was that's
0: actually
2: this current staff like they were right, want right, long yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
3: but but that's the thing Chris he was,
2: was the first one on that she's yeah, right about yeah. that where yeah.
3: he, he wasn't the type of guy that he preferred He didn't
2: fit yeah. his eye exactly yeah. exactly
3: but yet he still managed to stay on the team and right. find a spot on there and and he's been one of those guys that year after year he's kind of stayed on but at the same time he's just had setbacks and and then with the injury, injury was unfortunate but you've seen so many flashes of him where he's been good he's fast he can get to the ball we've seen so many times where he either makes an interception or is right there by the ball so it's hard for me to just completely forget about him and move from him so I'm just hoping that this year he can come back from the injury, and, and you know you always need corners, and we've seen it last year. Yeah. So I just I need hope. A lot of them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I just hope he he's ready and, and can manage to keep himself on the team and just again contribute on the team. I think he's very much capable of doing so, despite. Guys like Nishant Wright, that you talk about the length and, and the prototype and all that. And you mentioned Kelvin Joseph on there on that list. I mean, what's your favorite one of one of your famous quotes, Brian? Bye, bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.
2: You know, <laughs> I think that to me, where uh, you must have been listening to our radio show yesterday on 1053 because we had this discussion and we, we on Joseph or yeah, on, on no, on, on because we started talking about players because of money.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah.
2: Jordan Lewis was a four million dollar player, and you know Stephen Jones can save four million dollars if mm. and I and and every one of these guys. I don't know. Steve will probably move on, and I'm sitting there like I'm thinking of the times he played against Alvin yeah. Kamara, and you know, and the thing with the thing with with Jordan Lewis is you're right about you need corners, you need experienced corners, you need guys that are flexible in a couple of different ways. I I, I have a hard time getting rid of Jordan Lewis because I know. I watched Jordan Lewis play, and it it appears the game is important to him. You know, I want as many where sometimes the game doesn't appear really important to Kelvin Joseph. Where Kelvin Joseph has got a shot on this team is they're going to continue to use him and try and develop him as a corner. That's Dan Quinn. That's Dan Quinn standing on a table for a guy. That's Dan Quinn going to Lexington, Kentucky and working out a player and saying, that's a second-round player in my eyes. So Dan's going to continue to try and work with him.
3: So you don't think they have given up at all?
2: I don't think that maybe on the, may, we'll see on the cornerback side, but the fact that you've lost, uh you lost Noah Brown and you lost Luke Keekley Luke Keekly. Gifford. Uh, Luke Luke yeah. Gifford. <laughs> Luke oh, we should I would. not have given up Luke Keekley Yeah, we should Luke never Keekly. give up Luke Luke Gifford. Luke <laughs> Gifford. <laughs> but once you, you know, and they'll talk about him as being one of your better special teams players. And I have a feeling that Bones Foss will say, listen, I know he can't play cornerback but I need him to cover, and I need him to do this, and I need him to do that. That If if the things don't work out on the cornerback side, that he automatically just becomes a special teams core guy only and see if he makes the team that
0: way. Yeah, the thing I love about Jordan Lewis is he is tough-minded, and that's, oh, I yeah. think you can't have too many tough-minded guys in football yeah. on your team, in your locker room, and uh, I think that matters. One other guy I want to get to before we get to our first break, Sam Williams. Sam Williams mm. is a guy that's unique because he was a second round pick, and talk about flashing! Like he flashed a lot last season, but there are also moments when they just didn't play him for whatever reason, yeah. and and so car wrecks. It, it, well, yeah, there was the car wreck, there was all that, <laughs> right? But yeah. but then it starts to make you wonder: like, are they seeing something that's a little different than we've seen, or was that just a matter of? It was his first year. They were acclimating him. They didn't really need to use him. They got a ton of pass rushers. And could this be a year when maybe you see that next step for Sam Williams where he really asserts himself to the point where he becomes your starter opposite – uh, Demarcus Lawrence, or maybe takes Demarcus Lawrence's position at whatever point they decide to move on from Demarcus Lawrence. I don't
2: think he's at a crossroads yet, but I, I feel like you're absolutely right that. And, and if you go back and you listen to how he was drafted, and that, again, a Dan Quinn go to Oxford, Mississippi, and go and work out Sam Williams, and you know you know talk about him. They come down to Tolbert and Williams for second round. Jerry Jones, as a general manager, steps up and says, we're not taking Tolbert. We're taking Williams. Hand the card in. Let's go. You know, that's, that's the decision that was made. I mean, they had a discussion about, would Will Williams be there? And they're like, no, I don't think, you know, that's the discussion. They thought enough of this guy to do that. Again, Dan Quinn going and doing the workout. I think he got caught up a little bit of the season was too long for him. The NFL season was too long for him. You know, when he's playing in Oxford, Mississippi there at Ole Miss, he might be playing 12 games. I think the season, you know, we started it like he got in. I mentioned I was saying the car accident and stuff like that. And uh, there were things that probably were like keeping him from being exactly the most focused player that he needed to be. This is an important year because we've seen now the Cowboys' willingness to move on from veteran players if the money means moving on, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott and others. They redid Tyron Smith. I think Demarcus Lawrence is in that same boat next year. Where they they see where he's at physically, they see where he's at financially. You're going to need Sam Williams to step up and be that guy, and 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 potentially have that ability to say, okay, we're going to move on from Lawrence if he doesn't. If he doesn't do that, now the questions about Sam Williams, and then you know Lawrence continues on with what he's doing.
3: And I think he can definitely step up uh, and do what he needs to do. I was very impressed with. How he took advantage of the opportunities given to him, and the fact that he didn't have too many hiccups. I mean, he got thrown out there, and he did what he needed to do. He performed. The and personal showed you.
2: foul penalties. You're like, come on, bro. You're a okay. l- l- little too there much. Some, here. Of those, okay. some of those, But, yeah, but, but, uh, but, you, but you appreciate definitely. the play. Yeah, you no appreciate doubt. No doubt. The, you know. But you know, be a little smarter about how you're playing. True.
3: Yeah. Which I guess. Um, Hopefully, it comes with the experience where year two you learn from that. But as far as like the other things, the good things that he was able to do, where we've seen it with when you throw guys out there, another guy that goes hand in hand, I think, with him, even though he, he, did a lot better was Deron Bland. He yeah. got thrown in there he and, sure and was able to perform as well. So a guy like Sam Williams... Enough
2: to talk to what you say, but what are you going to do with Jordan Lewis? Yeah. You got exactly. Bland that can yeah. play in the slot. Exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, He's making
3: that conversation he's,
2: a, a he, viable conversation. He put Jordan Lewis in the category of Derrick's, uh, what about these guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly
0: yeah. right. Yeah.
3: But um, I know we got to go to break, but, but I think Sam Williams uh, definitely a guy to look a four in training camp and see what he what kind of step he does in in year two but i think he can he can definitely give you something better this year
0: all right we're going to take our first break we'll come back we're going to talk a little draft got some questions for these guys we'll do that in a minute this is dallas cowboys.com radio Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black.
2: out to the star in Frisco for the Dallas Cowboys draft weekend presented by Miller Lite. This is like the 100th year of doing this. Yeah. It's a great party. The party starts uh, Thursday, uh, April 27th at 6.30. Enjoy the draft coverage, player appearances, live performances, and more. On Friday, come back for... Draft night out with live music and games, then finish strong. Come run with Derek Eagleton in this Draft Day 5K presented by Baylor, Scott & White Health. For more details, visit dallascowboys.com
0: slash draft. Derek will be out there running with you at five.
2: Signing
3: autographs, taking pictures. No, actually,
0: what I was just about to say is, if you get out there early enough, there is a chance that you might run into Brian or Amber coming okay, into the no star. Okay, no false
3: advertisement. I'm just
0: saying, you guys are going to be out here working that day, so if you get it early enough uh, and just kind of stand out outside by the creeping. by, by no. the entrance, hey, I, there I, is I, a chance you happy. might run into Amber or Brian. You can get a photo, you can get a picture, if you can, if you autographs, whatever. If you could tell me uh how to
2: line up these. uh Five nine uh, receivers that there are about seven of them in this draft. <laughs> I'd sure appreciate it. So if you do want to meet me by the door, feel Have free. Some information but with stay you. out of the <laughs> way. Don't don't be, be nice to security. <laughs> you know, go. Everything like that. Go. Security. You'll be, you'll we, cool. we
0: love our security guys. But out
2: here. this is seriously. I, I I worked with you for a long time, since two thousand eleven. Yeah. And Maybe I mean full time. Yeah. right Before that. When you called that day and said, "Hey, you interested?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah I'm interested." <laughs> but uh, the we the Miller Lite has always the draft part. It's always been a great weekend. Yes. Always been a lot of fun to to see, whether it was at the stadium, whether it was here, now with the star, wherever we were, it's always been a big, big night. Yeah. And uh, they, they do a great job with the, the player perf- uh, appearances and stuff. So, yeah, if you can be a part of that, man, it's, it's fun to be a part of the action. Yeah. I'm, we're in this little room here, you know, and just kind of hanging out
0: but you you know the vibe and the buzz of the draft is yeah. all around you so it's kind of cool. And out at the Star if you haven't been to the Star like it's just it it's exactly. a cool place to hang out. This guy, like, it's got like basically nice just artificial <laughs> turf area where everybody kind of hangs out. You <laughs> got yeah. the big screen TV yeah. up there on the building and everybody just kind of sits out there in their lawn chairs and enjoys the evening. So probably be a nice night be fun. too. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun event. All right, let's jump into some draft talk. Uh I'm going to start first with this with with this question. What positions do you think align best uh, with based on the draft projections yeah. and Brian what you've been studying when you're looking at the 26th pick why are you asking me these questions what, what, <laughs> not like you're not a draft show expert I, well, but, well, well don't, don't mind this <laughs> don't mind this patch I'm wearing <laughs> on my shirt but <laughs> how how do you how does it align from the standpoint of what positions are going do you think are going to be there and most advantageous for the Cowboys to focus in on yeah. at 26. I'll tell you what, it, the, the, the
2: unique thing about picking this late in the draft that the board kind of comes to you and you hope that maybe some guys slide to you along the way that you didn't expect. The C.D. Lamb, you know, you know, the Cowboys have done a really, really nice job with Will McClay as getting their board organized and being prepared for any circumstance that might fall to them and i think that's the great thing about it is there's not panic in that room oh my gosh this guy showed up no boom t- hold it you know hand in the card let's go let's you know and then the draft that's why they do a really good job okay positions i think you're looking at potentially and this team is famous for doing this drafting these offensive linemen late mm-hmm. you know whether it was smith travis frederick you know they've always seemed to hit on these Offensive lineman late in the first round of the draft. And I think this draft's going to be no no difference. And, you know, there uh, this is public knowledge. We're not, you know, I mean, there's reporters out there, reputable reporters talking about, uh, you know, guys visiting. You know, Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Uh, Darnell Wright is uh, visiting the Cowboys. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that... I look at as uh, he plays tackle. You can watch him against the the Alabamas of the world, the Georgias of the world, and he's blocking the better guys that we're talking about in this draft. And so, a guy like Darnell Wright, you're looking at him and you're going, "Oh, wait a minute, Cowboys at 26." Oh, there's a possibility. So I think they're looking at, I think they're looking at the offensive linemen. I think they're looking at tight ends. There's several of those guys that they visited right there. I I think what would be the next position, maybe even the defensive end. And, you know, we've talked about uh, this kid McDonald from Iowa State. Again, Dan Quinn going to Ames, Iowa, working him out. You always have to keep an eye on. Dan Quinn carries a big stick in this room. Mm -hmm. But tight ends, offensive linemen, particularly guards, and then maybe these edge rushers might be what you're kind of looking at. Very well. The best, the best guy on the board could be the running back from Texas. That you know, Mm. Bijan Robinson. He could be the. He could be. Now, you're going to have to walk a minefield to get there. If you're interested in that, and there's a lot of people. I was on Philadelphia radio. I was actually on with Brian Baldinger. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, and Baldy and I were talking about Philadelphia fan base at ten is Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Dallas Cowboy fan base at twenty six is like somebody else, somebody else, and i all think, about your
0: perspective. And right?
2: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's probably there's people that are lined up that would love to have the opportunity to draft a running back, and there's people that have this. Let's not do this Zeke thing again. Let's not, you know. And you're and you're just that's the kind of where we're at
0: right now. But this is what I don't understand about that argument. I, I love is, the player. You don't have to. You no, don't have no, no. to tell me I know. About I know. But, but but I'm not even getting to Bijan. The people that want to rewrite history on Zeke, I think is is a miss. Nobody had a problem with the first 5 years of Zeke. The contract Zeke, had a problem with Zeke, There you go. Yeah. And and so Zeke played his Butt off for of this team yeah. for that first contract, yeah. and and was a to me was the most important part career of this offense. Yeah, yeah, he he did a, he had a ton of carries. He was reliable. He he did what he needed to do. And and I just look at Zeke and I'm like, man, I don't have a problem with those five years. So if you tell me I'm going to draft and not by the way, this is not the fourth overall pick. This yeah. would be 26. Yeah, and I'm going to get another Zeke for five years. Sign me up. See, sign that, me up. I don't I don't have a problem with that. Now no, sign that,
2: me up. No, and you're absolutely right. The thing about it is that there's this is probably one of the deepest positions in the draft at running back. I mean the quality from, from Bijan Robinson all the way through the fifth, sixth round is really impressive. And but I, I you know when I when I put my top one hundred together, I'm gonna put all my players together. Bijan Robinson is the third best player on my board. I got Mm -hmm. Carter from Georgia of all positions. Yeah, of all positions. I've got Young from Alabama, the quarterback at number two, and Bijan Robinson number three. That's how I got him stacked on my board. So if you're telling me at twenty six, I could get my third best player on on my board. Sign me up, you know, sign me up. And I and people say, oh, you're crusty, Brian. You're the old. But no, you know, the the coach he talked about running the football. That kid at Texas, or actually both those kids, Gibbs. Yeah, well no, the oh. the Johnson at okay. Texas. Okay. At Johnson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roshan, Roshan Johnson. Johnson. Was good, yeah. yeah. And and that's why people will argue with you about yeah. it. They'll say, Well, wait a minute now. I watched I watched Roshan Johnson have just as much success, you know, at, at Texas. And so there's there I understand it, but but if you're just talking about Cowboys looks, the tight end, the guard area, the edge, and potentially a running back would be the areas I would look at right now.
0: Let me ask you this, and, and this question is for both of you guys. How comfortable would you be selecting a tight end in the first round, knowing that you've got two tight ends on the roster that you feel pretty good about and they're young, adding another guy to that mix, do you really need it? Are there positions that are way more important than that? Are you getting something? Are you drafting something that you really kind of may already have? How do you feel about that? Let's start with you, Amber.
3: I mean, I know tight end is one of the positions you you just mentioned, Brian, as far as like the
2: did you hit the button on your knee? Check your cough button. I don't think the we cough button? You. There oh, you go. There
3: we go. I knew it. Okay. Like, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Those those tones. Tones. I
0: thought Chris was messing up something.
3: <laughs> no, so I, I, I hit the <laughs> cough button. Um,
2: the mortal words is Shaggy, it wouldn't me. <laughs> it wouldn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We um, all know too well about Shaggy, don't we? <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, tight end. So, for t- n- no. I definitely, it would be one of those positions that if they pick someone, I would not be happy with. Absolutely. Because I do like, and I get it, eventually you you definitely you have to draft a tight end. But I do like what they have with the two younger ones. I love the combination and everything that they did in their first year here with the Cowboys. And we know how important the tight end position is for a guy like Dak he needs to rely on those short passes and guys like that at the tight end position but at the same time i think there there are bigger needs uh everywhere else that you look at where you you feel like you need to draft and going back to the running back position I think it all comes down to also what are they going to do with Tony Pollard? Um, are they going to work out a deal, a long-term deal? And long term, it could be like two, three years. I don't know, or one or two, three years. But past the franchise tag, how are they feeling? And you go back to the the Robinson and, and Gibbs, and I think the difference there would be are you looking for a starter right away or are you looking for someone that like, that can't complement Tony Pollard's game and be that guy where I think like a guy like Gibbs would be that guy where he doesn't necessarily become the starter right away, but he compliments kind of what Zeke was doing during his time with Pollard. But uh, tight end, Brian, if you say they pick a tight end and you give me a name for this draft, I will be very, very upset.
2: <laughs> you never wanted to hold back your thoughts on uh, this player, or this <laughs> roster. So I do appreciate that. Um there's, I think there's a real, real big love for Peyton Hendershot in this room, yeah. uh, not in this room, but uh, oh, across the hall. Yeah. yeah, and the Ferguson, I think is, I think they really, really like him, but they also kind of feel like though that there's, there's some of these tight ends on this board that could be very much Travis Kelsey like tight ends. These tight ends that we watch that are so mismatch and they're so hard to cover and their weapons, and, you know, I, I would be really interested because if Dalton Kincaid from Utah is on that board, he's 6'4", he's 246, he's he's got that kind of – he might be the next great tight end in the National Football League, and we've seen a lot of them. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys, whether it's those guys in Philadelphia – the guys in Kansas City, the guy, I mean, we've seen him. I mean, and Kincaid would be one of those guys that if they drafted him, I would probably be like, you know what, I see what they're doing here. But I don't, maybe the love that we have for both the tight ends on the Cowboys, maybe it's their, their love is different than the love we have. And that's why I think that they would look to be adding one. You know, and this is a deep group. So you could go down through the draft. If they don't pick one at twenty six, they get one in the third round. Uh, Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. You know, they, there's some there's some tight ends in this draft that you would go. All right, yeah, that, I like what they're doing here. Kincaid might be the one guy that I would look at, that, or they would look at and say, "Man, this guy is. He's a difference maker." And that's but, why I think they would do it. And
3: I, I got you draft for the future, because that's essentially what it is. You, yeah. But should it be where you're drafting for drafting for the now this year? Because if you do so, okay, yes, definitely sounds like a guy that would contribute right away. But then by doing so, are you now missing out on adding talent, needed talent, for another position for this year?
2: I'm going to... You, you taught me this. You, you taught me this because we used to have this discussion about Dalton Schultz, and we used to have about Dak Prescott throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz. I'm, I'm adding, guys, Dalton Kincaid is so much better than Dalton Schultz and when it comes to catching the ball, getting upfield, making plays and all that. If you're really, 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 really trying to help your quarterback, Dalton Kincaid, to me, is the type of guy that's better than any wide receiver that you could pick in this draft. And as far as – and and I think it would be – I think it would be interesting if it came down to Kincaid. As far as helping your team, Mm -hmm. Kincaid, a guard, or Bijan Robinson. You know, of which – how did – I'm trying to help a quarterback I might be giving $50 million to, you know. And so – that's kind of where I'm at with that whole the whole thing about drafting a tight end. The the like you say, Kincaid, Meyer from Notre Dame. Th- those guys, I mean, they they've got the shot to be the next best ones. And I I don't know if you're the Cowboys, can you pass on that knowing that your quarterback really thrives mm-hmm. when he has a good tight end. And and that's not to say anything away from Hendershot or. Or uh or uh, Ferguson, but I think this guy's kind of a difference maker. And I and I and I if they have a shot to take him, I I really don't know how they pass. Yeah. I really, really don't. Even ah. though the guard the guard like to me, right the the, the the tackle from Tennessee to play him at left guard and to keep Tyler Smith at left tackle would be super inviting to me. It would be super inviting to me. But well, I don't you're know
3: you're helping your running back and your quarterback.
0: Yeah. Well
3: honestly. Doing so? That's yeah.
0: the thing with, with Dalton Kincaid. My question just is, is he special? Like if you're gonna use a first round pick, it's one of the reasons why I say for B. John Robinson. I'm usually not in the boat of saying use a first I got round, 20 round pick for But if 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 he is special, then great, go for it because a special player creates mismatch problems for the other team. Uh-huh. And if you can do that with him, great. What I don't want to get is I don't I don't feel like you should use a first round pick for a guy. That's going to be Dalton Schultz, like Dalton Schultz. No, this, no, this is guy. No knock on Dalton Schultz. This Guys better. Like this a guy's tight end that better. can just kind of run that that little stick route, and no, catch a six. Seven, yeah, and, and by the way, that's great. Yeah. My question would be: Is he a mismatch problem, and or can he block? Okay, if he can do those things really well, in I'll, addition to being a good receiver, then that makes it maybe worth it. I'll give you my order. I would take Robinson first,
2: Wright mm-hmm. second, Kincaid third. Hmm. If you just looked at my top one hundred, okay. Three, 19, 22. So I'm ranked. All right. Third, nineteen, twenty-two.
0: What's the likelihood that – obviously, I don't know that any of us think it's a great likelihood that the runner will be there. The other two, what's the likelihood they'll both be there or, or neither will it, be it,
2: there? It's a coin flip on Mayer and Kincaid. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a coin flip on those what two. What do you like, basically? I, think, I personally think that Kincaid will be there. I think he'll be there. I mean, it's, it, there's a couple of these guys that's going to be close. It's yeah. going to be really, really close on on the, if you're if you're looking at like I say, you know, uh, if you even like Nolan Smith, if you like Nolan Smith the defensive end out of Georgia, I think it would be really, really close on him. I mean, somebody somebody could very well slide to you that you're not expecting. but one of these tight ends, like I said, if you told me I could have Robinson, Wright or Kincaid, I'd throw a party right now. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys could help your football team. Yeah, immediately. immediately.
3: You're kind of, kind of convincing me on the tight end, but I'm not No, I awesome. don't. I mean, I'm just trying to tell you because you taught me,
2: you always said, hey, he throws to the tight ends. This quarterback throws the ball to the tight end. So, yeah, you would like the two you have, but if you have a chance to get a guy that's better than the guy you just moved on from and better than the two guys you have
0: and currently have in the building – I, I think I'm taking that I think I'm taking that shot all right let's uh, let's take our final break we'll come back we got some questions from you guys uh, that we'll hit here in the final segment this is Dallas Cowboys.com radio
2: The season is finally here for months we've been gearing up to win now it's time for the team that performs on any field United Egg and Turf. fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated.
0: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. sweet, Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home.
2: Yeah, global superstars, Dolly Parton, Garth Brooks, you know, mm. Baton Rouge, call him Baton Rouge, one of his good songs, are coming together for the first time ever to host the Academy of Country Music Awards. Join them live in person at the Country Music's Party of the Year. Going down May 11th at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, very few tickets
0: remain. Get yours before they're gone at SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's uh, let's take a couple questions here before we end the show. <laughs> let's start with a – Amber's uh, about to go into a coughing fit. Yeah. Either that or <laughs> she's like, I'm not doing any questions. I'm not doing any questions. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we got miss miss a question first. Break? Yeah, sure. Uh. Oh. Oh. Well, th- this segment did brought I to it? you by Yeah, they're, they're oh, did I miss, Thank you, no, Derek. For, I, actually, I, I, I I thought I missed that. No, actually, you know, I should have said, said it that. in the last segment, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't. So we're gonna make this third segment about blockchain.com. How All
2: about right, that? let's do it one more time. There we go. There we, we go. Got perfect. Them. All right, there thank you, go.
0: producer, our trusted producer. Got to have sponsors. Got to be happy. Make sure we stay, sure we stay on up. schedule here. All right, so let's talk about. Let's get this question from Tristan Shannon. He says, "Do y'all think kicker will be addressed before the draft?"
2: You know what, if, um, and I know you guys live in the building, and I was talking to some people that do live in the building here too, and Bones Fossil is, from what I understand, has a plan for this. Uh, back in the day, you, uh, Amber was around for Steve Hoffman, but you were, Derek. Mm-hmm. You knew Steve Hoffman very well. Steve would go to Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot and find 10 guys, and one of them would be a Pro Bowl kicker at the end of the year. That's how his ability to go find these guys Bones, I'm told, has a plan for how he's got some guys in mind. We'll start to see maybe after the draft that that develops. Well, we'll you know, the evidently the best kicker in the draft is a young man at Michigan. We'll see. Uh, you know, last year it was uh, you know Garibay and all these names. We were here and they're like, oh, he's just as good as. And then we got to camp and it's Not good back as to as you as. know Brett Maher kind right. of a thing. So uh, from what I'm told, he has a plan. He has an idea. He has some names. And uh, they're gonna. Uh, he'll probably work through those names uh, after the draft. From what I was told,
3: bringing s- some competition. And if one thing, I mean, you you learn from last year and yeah. what you saw, you definitely don't want to go down that path again. And what's crazy is you always talk about. You don't necessarily have to have three kickers out here kicking the Mm. ball. Like, uh, it's one of those things like, okay, you already know kind of what they are and there's a list and you just call them up and bring them in and all that, but it doesn't seem to have been working out and you can't just wait to the last minute till we're sitting here next year saying, well, who's out there? Nobody. So this is why you got, so hopefully they do their, and I I, I think they will be uh, doing their diligence, due diligence and and bringing some people in to actually have some sort of At least competition. I'll tell you what,
2: real quick about this, the kicking situation, if they're going to run the ball and play defense, you better have a good kicker. You better have a good kicker because you're probably going to be in a lot of tight games. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're interested in kind of maybe keeping the score, you know, at a certain level or comfortable with how you're going to play the game, you better have a kicker that's knocking home field goals and not Mm -hmm. missing because you're going to be, if that's the game plan for offensive football around here, then you better have a kicker that can convert when you need
0: to. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday. That was
3: Wednesday. the shortest segment on earth. I
0: know, I know. That's I what think it was all the commercials we had yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we'll be back next week. Nick will be back with us. Uh, we'll start getting you guys ready for a draft and uh, much more next week because we only got promised be more weeks. We got two more weeks before fifteen this days. I yeah. saw it. You have a you have a nice little clock outside yeah. of your yeah. uh, it's building. It's coming up quick. It's yeah. coming up really quick. But you can stay tuned here uh, on uh, Cowboys.com and on our app for the draft show. draft it's show coming up here at eleven o'clock. Absolutely, Brian and his crew will be all. over. Over the draft, they've been killing it uh, with some really great conversations about the draft. So, if you want to know more about the draft, that's the place to be. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. For until then, for Brian Broaddus and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!